This is the Delivery Space podcast. Whether you're interested in software delivery, business change or transformation, we've got some great content lined up for you. We launch into different areas of project delivery and bring you insights and experiences that you don't get from a book. Welcome, it's Sharon and Nisha, and this is our episode on earning your scripts as a Scrum Master through volunteering. Hey, Nisha. Hey, Sharon. How are you doing? Really good. Thank you. How about you? I'm well, thank you, and excited to have Anu with us today. Hi, Anu. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good, you guys. It's nice to be here. I want to like um, just kick off by saying thank you for coming on and sharing your experiences because Sharon and I have known you for a while and we know that you are actively seeking to increase your experience and your exposure to working with teams as a scrum master and also as a product owner in some of your roles. We noticed the way that you approach this is quite unique. Um, you've been a self-starter in this area. You've gone and found out and started carving out a path to gain experience yourself. And we want you to share some of those experiences on your journey. But before we get into the things that you've been up to and your adventures so far, can you share like your journey um, into Agile and Scrum and what, yes. what brought you to this space? Because you have a background in HR. So uh, my journey started like about a year ago with like with anybody else, right? I started off with certifications because that's what I was told. And um, from then on, it's like, as I mentioned recently in one of the comments in LinkedIn, it's like, it's only 10% of what the actual job demands, right? Like the certification doesn't give you anything. So there was this need to build the bridge or the knowledge gap that you had to. You cannot do that anywhere else except when you get the actual experience. You can read books, you can listen to podcasts, you can go to meetups, right? But then if you want to relate to what they're saying, unless and until you have that own experience. And I'm like, ah, this is what psychological safety means. Okay. And this is what cross-functional team means, right? So unless you are there experiencing it for yourself, you are not going to be able to, one, understand what it is about and be able to help the teams, right? I've, I've been there working with teams, Nisha, to answer your second part of the question. I've started my career as a recruiter myself. Mm -hmm. So I was into HR. So I have worked with teams, you know, we have had large uh, requirements to fill, you know, uh, before I started moving around countries, I was there in a very good position, you know, trying to recruit for an entire organization. So I, I do come handling teams, but when it comes to Agile and Scrum, it is, uh, it is focused only towards particular teams, like only two teams. And then they are cross-functional, right? Like there are a lot of things that happens in between and you're trying to develop a product unlike you're just hiring people for the organization. Where I was hiring technical people, you know, like we, I was working in the IT space as well. So at that time, we were just looking for developers and testers and, you know, those were the phases that I had to do. But then when it came to Agile and Scrum, it's like I'm working with those developers or with those people who are actually developing a product. So it's kind of a little different. So this experience is a much needed one, I'd say, for me to be able to go ahead and help teams do the better job. Like, you know, what Scrum Master actually does, you know, make them become more efficient, more self-managing and all those things. The self-startedness of it, that you actively seeking out those opportunities. And you're so right. Like uh, a podcast experience, listening to somebody else might magically give you that experience. However, you can be inspired by what that 
journey for somebody else actually looked like. And that can give you ideas as a scrum master on avenues to venture down into, because you and I've discussed this so many times, the scrum master role is not an entry level role. It's not something that either a graduate or someone new to the role who's been doing a role before, whether it's in the software delivery space or not, can just pick up. It's something where it will be so beneficial to either shadow someone or volunteer on a smaller scale. And I just think it's um, so interesting because actually I've only really heard people talk about um, Scrum Master and their experience in the corporate setting. So you're doing this in a, a voluntary setting, which is so interesting to me. Are you able to share some of the challenges um, that you faced doing it this way? Well, the first and foremost thing, like coming from the recruiter space myself, so when I were to go look at a job description, right, like the first thing that they see is, have you worked with software teams? I'm like, yeah. So that is one of the things that it's very difficult to land as a in the volunteering space because uh, corporates or organization doesn't let people just go ahead and shadow them for some reason. But then what you can do is as you get to know it better, you can start implementing wherever you want, right? So that was the challenge. For example, in the couple of uh, roles in the beginning that I started, we were just using, um, you know, Trello. And then there is a requirement for people to know, do you know how to use Jira? I'm like, really? I mean, if I can use this, I'd be able to use that. It's no, you know, it's not a big difference. It's just a tool that I can pick up at any time. But then do I know the significance behind it? Do I know why am I using that? It's just a visual tool for people to be able to see and, you know, keep progress off instead of just me going, doing the whipping around saying, hey, I see these tickets. Why is it not being moved? It's just a visual representation for everybody, right? So those things were a bit challenging or even still is. So wherever I go, I'm like, okay, if this is something that's a problem, can we pick up a tool that will help people? So end of the day, when you volunteer, you also want to see what's in it for you, right? Like, what are you learning out of it? Mm-hmm. So one of the things I'd say is, okay, pick up a tool that will also help you progress or, you know, uh, help you grow amongst with the other uh, team members. So for me to answer your question, Sharon, is one of the challenges I faced is actually working with the software teams, but it didn't stop me, right? Like, I mean, if not software, I am still trying to develop a product. It's just not a software product. So how can I implement Agile and Scrum there and still be, still learn a lot, right? I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say successful, but how much more I can learn because we're not probably not building something that's complex, but we are still trying to develop something and, you know, make a, make a product out of it or make a service out of it. And how best can I use that? That's really interesting that you said you're still developing a product. It's just not in the software space. And isn't that yes. great that you're still able to embrace Agile Scrum outside of just software and I think for all the people because I work in different environments it sometimes it is software sometimes it isn't software but we can still apply apply good practice and those elements of scrum right even if it sits outside of software so I think that's really interesting that's one thing that I've seen right like marketing teams uh, implementing trying to use agile and scrum and from where I come from I want to take this into HR teams right like just uh, be as agile as it can be I know it might sound, you know, uh, difficult for recruiters because they just work on hourly basis to try and fill a requirement. If not that, anything else that you work around the HR teams, you can still make them agile because there is this thing where when it comes to Scrum, it's only done for IT teams. Nobody else in the organization does. Though the Scrum Guide says a Scrum Master has to help, you know, from in the organization as well, you know, the other teams as well. So when it comes to me, I'm like, okay, if I'm done, 
self-organizing the team. Like if the team is there and the shuhari, if they're already there, the restage that they're able to self-manage themselves. What can I do with the other teams, right? Like what can I do with the other HR teams or any other team for that matter, even a marketing team? I can take my experience there that I'm gaining right now to help them later on. There is that capacity that you can build in based on your background and within HR. So there's a lot of misunderstanding around roles and expertise that is required within agile teams today. And where you can really help with your knowledge is also building that bridge between engineering teams and the HR function. So it can be better understood what skills that you're looking for in an excellent scrum master, in engineers that exhibit that agility, in product owners, product managers working in that space. Um, and because you've got the experience of being in those teams, often I see a, a gap to be bridged in organizations. Given your background, that that I think that dialogue is really healthy for you to develop when you go into corporates, for sure. I also think, right, you know, it doesn't just stop with the teams because as a Scrum Master, you are, you should be in a position to be able to talk to the leadership teams as well. Oh, like, yes. What are they doing? And what do you want me to do with them, right? When you join a new team and things like that. So it kind of helps you to be there in all of the different places. And I am learning that and it is really, really helpful. When you've been volunteering and you've been volunteering, I know through Greybox um, and also Job Hackers, which are two awesome initiatives. Um, how have you grown as a scrum master in those roles? That's an interesting question. So the way I landed um, Greybox is through Job Hackers. So Job Hackers, they have this program called the Agile MBA. Mm -hmm. where they teach, it's, it's just a six-week program where they teach you twice a week on the basics of what Agile is or Scrum is. So there are a lot of people, even like me, right? Like if you want to transition into this role and you have no clue, because I started with certification, so I am a big proponent of saying, no, don't take certifications in the beginning, go take this course, right? And then the, the beauty of this course was once a course ended, you have an opportunity to do an internship. With a, they have tie up with a lot of different other organizations. So you get to do an internship for 80 hours. And that's how I landed with Greybox. So Greybox is, again, a Canadian-based organization. And then what they're doing is trying to build a box. So they already have the box. It is like you're connected to your computers and you don't need internet. It, it works offline. This was basically developed for people in like, you know, third world countries or people in war zones where you don't have internet connections. You can connect it and still download content and study. Like if it is, uh, like you don't have to go to college doing online education and things like that. You'll still be able to download Wikipedia or, you know, whatever the professors have already had them. So you have this integration called Moodle where the, the, the particular professor can load their content in there and then it kids can download, the students can download and read them, right? So I, I'm part of this. So this is a nonprofit organization and they have people come in on internship basis and then, you know, help them develop this product. And it had my heart, right? Like how, how Job Hackers has my heart. This was like, yes, this is something that I can, I can also be proud of later that I contributed to something. So I'm a part of a team. I have two teams that I'm a scrum master of for this team where we, they actually test like how it is downloading. And the, so we had a team of about more than 1,000 people work on it already and create the box. So right now it's in the testing phase, you know, see if they're able to download the content. You know, if, if you were to do translations, they already have about more than 30 or 40 languages. 
So if you were to do the translation, is it effective enough or do you see any bugs? And we are at that stage right now. You know the time and scope. It's just for three months. But then we have uh, students come in, postgraduate students come in and do internship with us. But then I try to implement all my learnings from Agile and see, okay, how can we make this or, you know, have teams deliver? So we do have sprint reviews. I do sprint retrospectives and I bring to the table different retrospectives every time. It's not like the template, but then, you know, like the four L's or, you know, what went well and what could have gone well. And, you know, the sailboat retrospective. I'm also learning again all the time what's in it for you right because you are helping the team you are also learning something out of it so that's why i think volunteering is something brilliant and everybody has to do it if you want to land a job basically not to feel confident about yourself but also to be again to be able to help teams and that gives that amount of confidence in you so that was with graybox and with job hackers so what i did is i like kind of took it up on myself we need to establish this because this is um, this is marketing this brand has to be established because I did not know about the Agile MBA program until someone told me that. And I'm like, no, social media needs to know what's happening, right? Because this is a remote class and it's not, it's, it's a half, it's online and it's not in person. So this is the only way that you can even publicize it and people will get to know about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, let me take up on social media team and then see what we can do to market. So I do go to this um, Agile online meetups where they have for marketing so I do keep learning in bits and pieces from that. And from my previous experience that I had with another organization called LMC, I kind of, you know, got my knowledge from there as well. And then I said, okay, let's have a, a team and try to be agile. I mean, not necessarily Scrum, but then let's try to be as agile as we can. Start posting content, you know, because we want people to come and join this class. How can we go about doing that? So that's when, you know, you know, I'm Nisha, you know, I'm there always forever there on LinkedIn. <laughs> so yes. I took upon LinkedIn myself. And then there was another person who offered to take upon Instagram and then Twitter, you know, so we kind of come there and we deliver it on Wednesdays. Uh, you know, we go ahead, create content. So a little bit of recruiter in me comes in saying whenever I see people like, hey, can you come and be a content creator for us? And then I'll and then I'll bring that person in. And I brought a scrum master in who has six years of experience. Right Now, I act as a product owner for job hackers. The reason why I do that is when I go out looking for a job as a scrum master, I would know how to coach a product owner. Or I also get to learn the pain points of a product owner. It's like, oh, my God, is it not easy? Because when you try to deliver something, as they call it, you know, the product owner is the neck. You can make or bake the product. So here it's a service, right? So when you are an educational organization because job hackers teach people, the content that you post out there has to be good, has to be relevant, right? Mm-hmm. So as, as a product owner, like you go through different phases of reviews and make sure that everything is correct. And then you go ahead and post it. So when you post, we have created this um, pattern where you have hashtags, right hashtags. So as a product owner, I get to see all that, right? And if it is not complete, I, I, I also get the help of the Scrum Master or directly reach out to the developer sometimes if there's a need. So I get to learn what a product owner should do and should not do with job hackers. In terms of like uh, the marketing angle, so you've you've kind of brought these practices into job hackers to get that content out. Like how as product owner do you set that direction for the type of content? Um, how do you also look at the type of content that's doing well and pour that thinking back into your backlog? That's a great question. So that's where we meet with the stakeholders as often as we can. 
mm-hmm. um, one of the board members, Edward. So we have the calls and then we see and align. Okay, this week we are teaching about this. Why don't we go ahead and publish this or whatever the requirement Edward has? He says, okay, this week we're talking about this is the broad specter, spectrum that he's going to give us. And then we, and then me as product owner, okay, let, why don't we just choose this topic, right? Like, for example, recently we spoke about cost of delay. What is cost of delay and how would it help a business, right? And the previous week we spoke about working agreements. Why is working agreement important and mm-hmm. how, how can it help teams do a better job? So based on what is delivered during the class is when I, we try to pick a topic what is given from that particular requirement and we deliver it and we come back to it again. So once it is published and, you know, we have, we, we have, we have a review like happening once in two weeks and end of the day, I'm also thinking what's in it for all of us, right? Are you learning something? Are you gaining something out of it? And that was the main reason I just took it upon myself and like, you know, okay, how can we make this better for everybody? If you want to, migrate from Miro to Jira, we can do that. You know, we can all learn how to use Jira if that's something that you would like. But, you know, we are still setting up the process and all that. We also have events like we have a refinement session, but, you know, for for, for planning, there is not not necessarily a planning session needed right. because what, what the content writers are given the topic and then all they have to do is just create the content, right? And then we have set a process in place saying you have to deliver it by Friday, you know, have at least the first draft ready by Friday. So that there is so much of dependability because we are working with two different teams as well, like the Instagram and the Twitter. So can you have it ready by Friday? And then can the team pick up work from that? Because they're all, uh, LinkedIn is the first place that I want to refer to because it has a document for you to read, like something that you can tangibly read and learn from. So unless we are done our work here, the other teams can. So I'm also learning how you work with cross-functional teams, right? Like, I mean, you uh, uh, both the teams are dependent on us. So how efficient is our team getting and we are able to deliver? I think what you're also showing is um, cultural awareness and how you are adapting and responding to the environment that you're in because Mm -hmm. you spoke about keeping things simple. We don't want it to be over complex. You're embracing and taking on board, you know, where people are and keeping it simple so it's not overwhelming to them. And I think that's another important aspect of, of Scrum and Agility, isn't it? Absolutely. And do you know what? I, I think Sharon and I can fully relate to this because and we got we got our own story to tell here. During uh, lockdown, Sharon and I were involved in a not-for-profit um, initiative called Furlearn. And mm. Furlearn was all about empowering people to get back to work that had been furloughed during the COVID period. And what we were doing, like Sharon has got best practices in project management and those areas. I could have brought Scrum, a load of uh, practices to it, but we didn't. We saw where there was a need, bought these practices, the ones that we knew that would fit well and got everyone working together. So, yeah, yeah, we had a Trello board. Sharon and I were looking after blogs to go on the website. Somebody else was looking after the website development. Somebody else was looking after booking really engaging speakers for webinars every Friday so that the community would have real inspirational live material from great speakers. And it all worked. It all worked like that, that team chemistry. I still look at that and think, Mm. and I know that that's why Sharon's grinning because (laughs) there was just such magic and chemistry in that team, wasn't there? 
Yeah, such fond memories. And we actually went on to win a number of awards as yes. a team, but Nisha's right. We did what was best for the team and it just worked so well. It was yeah. magical. <laughs> yeah. We weren't thinking, oh, no, we need to get up a Kanban board for this or a scrum. We had a very, very simple Trello board. We had a whole load of people in our team who established great relationships. We mm. put work in mm. to establishing those relationships. Um, and once that was done, everybody just pulled in the right direction. I understand from that. And it's during a difficult, tough time. Everyone, those were tough years. Mm. Everyone's going through tough period at that time. It, it's, it's hard to trying to get the motivation from others, but somehow it worked and people were motivated to help out. So, you know, credit to the founder, Gary Wills, who yes. somehow he <laughs> cast a magic spell to kind of build <laughs> that, that really good chemistry between all of us. Um, yeah, we went to, went to go on and win awards for for it. We were only mm. we were a team that was together less than 18 months when we went to win awards for it. And mm. that that just goes to show, right? There's there is power in volunteering, there is power in getting the right team together. It's not an easy thing. It doesn't happen by accident. And it's something that you have to give conscious effort to. But it's so rewarding, isn't it? Because yeah. I got so much from it in terms of, I met so many wonderful people, you know, working yes. alongside Nisha and all the other people, you learn so many new skills. So I'll definitely promote volunteering to anybody that's listening to this today. <laughs> uh, I love, congratulations on the award. I've, I have heard of that. I did, uh, when I was going through your profile, Nisha, the first time we met around, I was like, what a brilliant initiative, right? Like you guys have that autonomy to go ahead and do things. I think for you to be able to get that award is because of the autonomy that you had and the trust that you had. The mm -hmm. same way that I have with job hackers, right? Like uh, when Edward comes and says, like, you know, he involves people and give them the stage to do things, people become more committed. That's that's what we are. This is also a fun part that I see is, is there really a need for Scrum Master? <laughs> I shouldn't be saying this, but then that's what I see because we are all very passionate about what we are doing. But then I do see times where like as a product owner, I'm just blank. I'm stuck. And I'm like, can you help me here? <laughs> because you do do a lot of other things. So that Scrum Master that we have, he's already has six years of experience. So he knows, okay, let me come and help you here. And, you know, being having a person there, either be it in a coach level or, you know, a person to come and just reach out to and help. Like when you ask a question, is there's immediately a response, right? So yes. uh, with with the commitment, I think you will be able to have a wonderful team and you'll be able to deliver what, what is expected out of you. We'll have lots of people listening to this thinking, oh, I want to do what Anu has done. So I was keen to ask what advice you would give to any of our listeners who also want to gain um, some experience of Scrum through volunteering. Right. What, what are the gems right. that you pass on? Volunteering is a must, right? Like it's it's the very first step that you take. I know there are a lot of people who talk about, you know, doing a full-time job and then wanting to even transition. So if you cannot, if you cannot give that time, you know, like if you can't uh, spend like a couple of hours every day, see what you can do to do like Scrumify. Jeremy Randall's book is a brilliant one. Scrumify his move to France, right? Like that you can Scrumify anything that you want. So uh, I keep talking about, you know, for me, I do one thing like the weight loss. My increment is end of the day, how many LBs or KGs I reduce. That is my increment. So try and see what things you can do. But if you can, you actually working with teams, volunteering helps. 
even if it is not technical IT teams, getting to know the foundations of how team dynamic works, what a cross-functional team is, what psychological safety is, when can you say things, or for me, many are like foot and mouth <laughs> at times, like, okay, I shouldn't be saying these things because I have an environment where I work with people from different cultures. So you get to gain all those experience. So volunteering becomes a must. And don't be bent on not just working with technical teams. Get the experience and exposure because as a scrum master, you're not going to code. You don't need that. But are you able to guide the team or help the team where they need that help the most? So I'm there listening to podcasts based on leadership. And you're also trying to help the team, the servant leadership, everything. So volunteering is what is going to get you into a job, not just to go in the resume, right? Like that is also an important part because as I see, when I'm applying for jobs, if I have a year's experience, my resume is just getting turned off because there are people who have five, six years experience, whether or not that's what the resume says, because that's what they're going to get picked up for. And I know there are a lot of people who are being laid off too, right? So right. I, I'm, I wouldn't say fighting, but I'm competing with people who has more experience than me. So don't let that slide by. These volunteering experiences are experiences because well, not just to clear your interview, but when you actually land the job, you will be in a position to help the teams and you will make the hiring manager think, yes, I did the right decision, right? Mm. So the ways to get to this volunteering uh, is find opportunities, right? Like you come and join the other MBA program. I'm <laughs> kind of doing a marketing right here for them. You know, join the job hackers because it is a community, right? There are a lot of communities of practices where they suggest I know there's one in Scotland uh, where, where you have more technical teams. It's called the STA. And I'd be happy to connect with anybody uh, who's listening to this podcast. If they want to reach out to me, I can refer a couple of places. But then the point is, volunteering is how, if you're especially transitioning, will be able to help you land that job. Have patience, right? And that is the one thing that I keep talking about. Not You're not going to be able to land in a year. It takes anywhere between one and three years. With 2023 being not a such great year for a lot of people, right. hoping, you know, uh, 2024 is going to be uh, a better year for everyone. So have patience. Uh, don't miss out on opportunities on volunteering. However small or short it is, you know, just take it up. If you can't find one uh, where, you know, if you can't do it remote, go find ones that are in person that people keep talking about. Pick up a project in your church. And then see how you can help them. You know, there are a lot of things that you can do for the community out there. And there are people on LinkedIn that I see in schools, they're trying to implement. You know, they're trying to be as agile as they can. The teachers, right? Like the courses that they have. Uh, here in the U.S., like you don't have a set. You have a curriculum, but the syllabus is how you want to structure it. Like how mm -hmm. you want to teach it. So by end of like sixth grade, if my son is going to go to school, like he should know end of the year. These are the concepts he should know. But how you teach them, when you teach them is like you can, you have the authority or you have the autonomy to do that, right? So I've seen teachers implement Scrum in schools, which is very effective. So find places to do that because that experience is what you need, whether on resume or, uh, uh, in, you know, but they're going to help teams. That's what they're going to look. And for me, it's like even if you're going to do an interview, you can get your experiences there and talk to it. Absolutely. And one thing I want to add to that is working with voluntary organizations, you are still delivering value. Mm -hmm. 
And when you go and interview for Scrum Master positions, whether you have got a year ex of experience, three years of experience, whether you end up shadowing somebody if you're already in a role and you want to transition internally to a Scrum Master role, if you've volunteered before and you've brought these scrum practices within other organizations where you have volunteered, you're still delivering value. So like, I know she's still delivering successful marketing material to create awareness, for example, for the Agile MBA through Job Hackers. You're still delivering value through the Grey Box initiative to third world countries or those in you know less advantaged backgrounds and this is what I think is really important to get across in CVs in discussions with recruiters that you are skilled in delivering value through those teams that you've worked with and describe how you've done it and it's is also um, a gift that the volunteering gives you is an interesting story so I know look at how you're able to talk with passion about how you're delivering value for job hackers and for great box and what they're doing as organizations, as scrum masters, as those who are in making their teams enthused about the work that they are doing, you have to be able to get on board and communicate a story, right? Uh, to get that sense of enthusiasm out and it has to come through you as a human. It's a great human skill, I think, to learn and to be able to get across. So, yeah, beautifully articulated in terms of your experience. We appreciate you for doing that, Anu. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Anu. Thank you. <laughs> thank you again, Sharon and Nisha, for giving me an opportunity. This is brilliant. And I hope uh, we connect again. And next time. I'd have a full-time opportunity and I yes. am a scrum master. <laughs> we wish you all the best, Anu. We're sure that you are not far from it and we thank you for sharing the amazing experience that you have to date. Um, and yeah, it's, it's truly a pleasure to see the content that you release and that you share from your experiences. Um, and we can tell it's lived experience. So thank you everyone for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Do make sure that you follow us on all of our socials so that you do not miss out on great speakers and great episodes like this. Bye for now. Bye.